Our first reading today is Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 7. You can find that on page 691 of the Church Bibles. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, I will be they will not weep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. Since you are my precious and, and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give nations in exchange for you and people in exchange, peoples in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I bring you your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I am created for my glory, for whom I formed and made. Our second reading is Luke 3 verses 15 to 16. You can find that on page 972 of the Church Bibles. The people were waiting and expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be with the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptise you with the water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The thongs with those sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and the fire. He will his winning, winnowing fork in his hand to clear his threshing, threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn. He will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. Our final reading is, verses, is Luke 3, verses 21 to 22. When all people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, who I love, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ella. Let's pray for Christian for ourselves as we come to, um, to think about these passages. Father God, we thank you for uh, your presence with us, your spirit being with us right here, right now. God, I thank you for Christian for what you have spoken to him, for the words that you've shared with him that he will share with us. God, will you open our eyes and our ears and our minds to hear and to receive from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Hands up if you find going back to school or work somewhat overwhelming after Christmas. <laughs> I, it's just bizarre, isn't it? You can't, it's like a shock to the system. Uh, the preach title that I've been given for this morning is Jesus' Messiahship and Mission. That's the series that we're looking at. And the title is Through the Waters. But really... The title is this, How to Survive 
when you feel like you're sinking. I've had this sinking feeling getting back into the rhythm of work and life and after lazy days and feasting and Christmas. And I want to encourage you with four lessons from the scriptures that we've learnt. Uh, I painted this uh, at uh, Encounter. So who's been to Encounter? Have you been to Encounter? Okay. And uh, we usually have an artist who paints something that they believe is from God's heart for those that are gathering at Encounter. It's a monthly uh, evening service that we have here. And I love to paint. I work as an artist as well as being a Baptist minister, uh, but I, I paint for people. And this is one of the paintings that I did at Encounter. What do you think the title is? What's the title of that painting? That kind of big Indian looking character in the boat, as in like a red Indian, he's, he hasn't got feathers in his hair, that's actually a crown. That is Jesus uh, in the boat. What do you think the title is? Save, oh yeah, it's quite close, save me. Anyone else? Jesus saves, quite close. The actual title is My Rescuer. It's my res- Jesus being saviour, my rescuer. And we're going to look at ways that we can be rescued this morning to survive. We're going to look at our identity. We're going to look at obedience strengthens us. And we're going to look at what does God think of us. And we're also going to look at uh, where is God, where God is. Now, these four encouragements, I hope, will build you up and help you survive uh, identity. What do you say when someone says, who are you? What do you say? Okay, you've gone right there. (laughs) I love it. I'm a child of God. Jess, that's brilliant. Most people probably say, I'm Jess or Chris or Sometimes we say what we do. Sometimes we say, oh, I'm a dad or a mum. I look after three kids. Or where we live. Live in Camborne. Who are you? I live in Camborne. And I... But we're reminded this morning that our identity are people who are loved. We're known inside out by God. And he loves us. Jesus heard these words. So when Jesus was baptised... He heard these words, you are my son. Do you know your identity as a child of the living God? The God who's made all things, the all-powerful, amazing God. Do you know that you belong to God? That you are his daughter, his son? And I want to remind us this morning That for us to survive, we need to hold on to that. That our identity are as precious children, quite rightly, as Jess said, children of God. There is so much that would say otherwise. The world, our flesh, what I mean by our flesh is that which is at enmity with God, that which is against God, each one of us born in rebellion uh, to God uh, 
and the devil, our enemy, would tell us that we are not enough, that we lack, that we're a mistake, that we have no purpose, that we're worthless, that we're people who shouldn't have hope because things are hopeless and we are beyond saving. Well, Jesus shows us the contrary to all that rubbish. He says, you're loved. You're a son of God. You belong to him. Secondly, obedience. For us to survive, we need to be people who uh, are obedient to what we believe God is asking of us. Now, I was thinking on Friday about this morning. And I was thinking all about the obedience. Oh, have I been obedient to like what I believe God has asked me to do? And I had a meeting and I had to go through central London. And every time I walked through central London between King's Cross and Euston, usually to get a train up to Chester to do some teaching, I pass a very posh hotel. It's the kind of hotel that has Bentleys and uh, a Lamborghini, just a Lamborghini parked out of this hotel. And there's a guy who looks after the grounds of the hotel as people walk through. And he's the kind of bouncer type guy that wears a bowler hat. He's got kind of the earpiece. And he looks like he could handle any kind of difficulty. And every time I walk from King's Cross to Euston and I walk past this hotel... Uh, I pray for someone. It's someone that I believe God has asked me to pray for. I've never met in the car park. And it's bizarre. Every time I walk through, I think, I need to pray for that person. And it's a beautiful pink car. It's the kind of car that people gather around and take pictures. It's that kind of, and it's shimmering. So I pray for that person. But for a, a long time, I have felt that I needed to write out the prayer that I pray for them and leave it in a card, on their windscreen. So I'm thinking about me speaking this morning, and I'm thinking, I haven't done that. I've got this hunch that I should do that, but I haven't done it. So as I'm going to my meeting, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to have to do something. And I think, have I got a card with me? I haven't got a card. So I buy a card, £2.99 for a card. I've got thousands of them at home, but £2. So I buy a card. And on the train coming back into London from my meeting, it's late and I'm feeling tired, but I write out a prayer. And it's a prayer about freedom, and about knowing God's peace. And I write it out. And it's a blessing for the owner of the pink car. And I write to the owner of the pink car. <laughs> I've been praying for you. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? But I need to be obedient. Well, I walk back and it's really late, Friday, it's busy, loads of cars, the car's still there. And I think, right, I'm going to have to leave this card on the windscreen of the pink car, but there's a bouncer watching me. <laughs> so I'm standing there holding this card Thinking, I need to be obedient to what I believe God has asked me to do. This is weird, but Bouncer's kind of watching me. So I go up to him and I'm smiling. I go, hi. I've, I've got a card for the person who owns that pink car. It's a prayer. He says, excuse me? So, I've, I've written out a prayer for 
the person who owns that card. It's something that I believe I need, need to do. He goes, wait here. <laughs> Am I in trouble? He goes, Jack, there's a fella here who needs to give a card to the owner of... Jack comes up, he goes, can I help you, sir? I said, uh, I'm a Baptist minister. It's a bit like being a vicar. I said, and I've been praying for the person who owns that pink car, and I've got this prayer. It's an encouragement. I've written it out. He says, which car is that? That car over there. He goes, right, yeah, she's a friend of mine. He says, I think that's really lovely, he said. And he took the card. He said, I will go and give this card to her now. I didn't get to meet the lady. I did put my email address saying, you know, this is who I am. And you can, hoping that perhaps there'll be a bit of a response. But I walked to my train to get back home, feeling like I'd been obedient to something that God had asked me to do. It was a feeling of joy, feeling of, I've done it. I've done it. It's such a simple thing. Jesus reminds us that we need to be people who are obedient. Those crazy hunches at, at home, not just at home, but those crazy hunches, I'm not just talking to you, talking to yourself. Those ideas that, that we have, oh, I wonder whether I should give, whether I should phone, whether I should bring a cake round too, whether I should, those steps of obedience that we need to act upon strengthen us. They help us know that God is alive, that this is real. This is something that we can see God at work in when we do those small things. Jesus did a big thing. He got baptised. The only perfect human being who has ever lived. Yes, we know he's 100% God. Yes, we know he's 100% man. But the perfect, holy pure Jesus gets baptised. And John freaks out a little bit because he's like, um, hang on, I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. You're the one that's going to baptise everyone with fire. You want me to baptise you? We can see in Matthew's gospel, the same story, Jesus says, well, this is proper obedience. And Jesus, out of obedience to God, his Father, is baptised. He didn't need to be baptised, but he's obedient. Abraham, the father of our faith, what obedience to take his only son, at an old age, and believe that God somehow, even though God detested anything to do with the culture at the time, which was people were sacrificing children, he knew that, but yet he was willing to be obedient and took Isaac, his only son. After a long, long time of waiting and longing, And scripture tells us that his obedience, his obedience, it it gave Abraham such an insight into what God has done for us. That God has given his only son for you and for me. In 2 John, 
uh, John writes this, and this is love, that we walk in obedience. We're called to be people who obey those hunches that we believe the Holy Spirit is asking us and scripture, the things that we know that we're commanded to do. Yesterday, I read this. It really freaked me out. I don't know if you get stewardship services kind of news. Anyone else? Fantastic setup. Anyway, there's a story in here of a guy who was obedient. He'd given some money. He had some hunches that he needed to give some money away to people. But this story kind of just blew me away. A guy called Alex. So Alex was getting ready one morning when out of the blue came one of those Holy Spirit prompts. He knew he was being encouraged to give away one of his kidneys. Shaking, he googled kidney donation and found a website started by kidney donors. There was a special category, living kidney donation. And you give to a stranger anonymously. And it details the story and all that he went through for that step of obedience. A man in his 70s who just believed God was asking him to do something outrageously kind. And he was obedient to that. After visiting uh, the in-laws down in uh, in Dorset, uh, we travelled home and uh, we, we were getting a bit close to running out of fuel now, I like to chance it. Who's a chancer to get home? You know, the light's on. You think, yeah, I'll get home. 50 miles, that's fine. I'll be all right. But my wife isn't. And uh, so I dutifully pulled into the petrol station. Now, all day in Dorchester, I had this thought. I needed to pray for healing for someone. Uh, but I didn't meet anyone. And it was late uh, on the day, you know, been a long, a long day, but pulled into this service station. But I still had that thought that I needed to, to pray for someone, even though we're nearly home. And uh, I filled up and it got to 70 pounds. So uh, I carried on, got to 77 pounds. Like, I wonder, could I do 77 pounds, 77 pence? So just as a bit of fun, I did, got my receipt, seven, all the sevens. And it it was a bit quiet when I walked in. So I walked in to pay, and I walked in like this. Hey, I won all the sevens. What's the prize? And the guy goes, you what, mate? (laughs) I said, it's like £77, 77 pence. Is there a prize? He goes, what would you like? I said, "Uh, is there some champagne? He goes, no, we don't offer that prize. Anyway, he's having a lot. He thinks I'm just daft, which, you know, obviously. (laughs) And... uh, so then I say to him, hey, how was your Christmas then? Expecting, yeah, it was great, ate too much. But, and he went, oh, I was in hospital. <coughs> and he's a big, big guy. I go, what happened? And he, te- he just pours out his heart. And uh, the children and, and my wife Ruth are just looking at me. Because as he's talking, I reach across the counter and just hold his hand. Thinking, what am I doing? I'm just holding his hand. And he's telling me all that, that has gone on, and he's quite tearful. Uh, he was telling me that someone went in with a Christmas dinner uh, on Christmas Day for him, a friend, a friend of his. 
And I just stood there and I went, you know what? I, I pray for people to be healed. Uh, can I do that for you? Because, yeah, yeah, all right. So can I do it now? And people are coming in. They've also filled up and they're ready to pay. So I'm thinking, what are they doing? They're going to watch me pray for this guy. Someone's standing there. I go, yeah, yeah I'll just pray a blessing over you. Pray for God to, to heal you, make you better. He goes, yeah, go on, go on. So I stand there and I'm just about to pray. And I think, you know what, I'd have to hold this man's hand. So I'm like, it's a bit weird, but can I hold your hand? He goes, yeah. So I'm holding his hand and I pray healing for this man. Uh, it, I mean, he's been in an absolute mess. The last time he was in hospital, he nearly died. He's telling me all about it. So I'm praying for this man, holding his hand. My wife, Ruth, and I'm guessing you must have been be wondering, what is, what is dad doing? You know, so I'm kind of leaning over. Um, but it was just out of longing to be obedient. This man was so grateful to be prayed for, to be cared for. I wonder what is it that you haven't done? Because when you do it, you are strengthened. It helps us survive when we do those small things. Those things that would just remind people that they are loved. What is it that you need to do? Thirdly, for us to survive, we need to know what God thinks of us. He declares this over Jesus. With you, I am well pleased. Do you know that God is pleased with you? I meet so many Christians who struggle to believe that they are liked by God. Yeah, they might believe that they're loved, because that's, you know, you learn that stuff, don't you? God loves you. But that God loves you, he likes you, he knows you inside and out. You're loved by him. Do you know that? If not, I want to remind you this morning that you are loved. God is chuffed with you. And this chuffedness, it comes from us being found in Jesus. For those of us who have believed that Jesus has given his life for you, for me, Paul says in Colossians, we are hidden in Christ. So when God sees you, he sees the most perfect, the most holy Jesus. and We are loved. I'd like us to read Isaiah 43 together. The first few verses, it's from the message translation. It's on the screen. Um, and I'd like you to put your name where there's a blank. Don't feel you have to, because it's quite hard to, actually. And I know that this scripture is about Israel. I know that it's written for um, the people of God at the time, but I'd like us to apply it to ourselves. 
So say your name if you feel that you can in the blanks. But now, God's message, the God who made Chris in the first place, the one who got Chris started. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When Chris is in rough waters, you will not go down. When Chris is between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Saviour. I paid a huge price for you, Chris. All of Egypt, with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'll sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just He calls you by name. Do you know God does that? Mary, uh, one of the followers of Jesus, who'd been rescued by him, whose life had been in such a state, uh, went looking for Jesus uh, in the tomb, and he wasn't there. And Mary saw the gardener. And she said, where, where have you put him? Where have you put him? And it's when the gardener, whom Mary did not recognise, said, Mary, Mary, that she saw that it was Jesus. And I wonder this morning, do you need to hear your name called? Not audibly, maybe audible, but, but within yourself. Of God calling you by name. Lastly, we can survive when we know uh, where God is. Isaiah 43 says that God is in the waters, rivers, and fire. This is a, a wonderful metaphor for really hard times. When you go through really hard times, I'll be with you. And it reminds me of that promise from Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where's God? He's right there, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's with me. And we serve a God who is almighty and yet suffers with us. He's right with us in our heartache, in our pain. He will walk with us. We serve a God who has never promised that everything will be peachy. You won't have any trouble we serve a God who says, I am with you. 
It was about here one Sunday evening, about a year ago. I was on my knees at a service, feeling very alone. Uh, my dad had just died, uh, and I was feeling absolutely rubbish. And I didn't know where God was at all. I just felt so desperate and alone. Uh, work had been too busy and it just got too much. And as I'm kneeling, and I'm getting ready to speak, I think. <laughs> and I'm kneeling, I'm thinking, God, where are you? Are you there? Are you real? At this real moment of where are you, God? And I heard these words deep within, and you're with me. And it was a moment of, you're with me, you're with me. I want to remind us this morning, God is with us. He's with you. So how can we... How can we survive? Well, we need to know our identity. We're children of God. Woo! (laughs) That obedience, it strengthens us. So when we do those things that we know that we need to do, we see God is real. This is true. We need to remind ourselves what God thinks of us. He likes you. He loves you delights in you (laughs) and we need to know where God is he's with you let's pray come Holy Spirit and fall upon us Would you come and speak to us now, each one of us, and let us know that we are yours. We are loved by you. For those of us this morning that need to know that God loves us, I'm going to pray that he would uh, hug hug you and let you know. Um, So, Lord, would you do that for those of us who feel alone, who feel we are not loved? Come and hug us. Come and hold us. In Jesus' name.